will smile real big at two or three people and say, I come to get everything God has for me tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. We appreciate each and every one of you. We want to honor the pastors here. How many of you are thankful for Pastor Gene, Pastor Shane? Amen. We're so thankful for pastors that love people. We'll preach the uncompromised Word of God. Get up in your face when you need it. Amen. Tell somebody, they'll get up in your face. But it's with the love of God. Amen. We're so thankful for that. Praise God forevermore. Of course, we're so honored to have my wife also with me. She's able to go all the time now. We're so privileged. Pastor Gene says, I preach better when my wife's with me. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. He used to say I was nicer. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, as you're being seated, tell two or three folk, thank God for the anointing of God. Amen. You may be seated. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. Thank you, Brother Al. Hallelujah. So good to see everybody. How many know this is camp meeting 2022? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I wanted to thank the praise team for learning that song. You guys did an excellent job. Thank you guys. Thank you very much. We greatly appreciate it. Amen. And uh, we will get into that, but not tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. We have some things upon our heart. Um, <clears throat> several years ago, the Lord began to deal with Sally and I about some of the things that he desired for us to get to. And one of them was, was to get into the place of the miraculous. And uh, we, we are endeavoring to do that. We travel uh, quite a bit now. And you see such a need to preach or, or teach. And how many know there's not, never nothing wrong with teaching or preaching? Brother Hagin would tell us always study, get ready. Like there's nothing, like there's nothing but the, uh, you know, just teaching, studying the Word. But then when you go preach, preach like there's nothing but the Holy Ghost. But he said, you know, if the Holy Ghost doesn't give you something uh, spectacular, like the gifts and things, he said, always be ready to teach. Well, how many of you are grateful for the good teaching, solid Word of God you get? But uh, one of the things about the miraculous that he's endeavored to help us with and look at for several years, uh, he said, he talked to me about in these meetings, I told my wife about it before we left Oklahoma. And uh, he said, I, I want you to, to start getting into that more in those meetings in, in Arizona. So uh, tonight we're going to start with it. And then we'll see next time we minister if we'll go into that more. I believe we will because he's gave me some more things about it. But uh, there's, there's something about, uh, Brother Hagen told us as students, we, we went to school with Pastor Greg and Pastor Margie, Sally and I did. And uh, <clears throat> Brother Hagen he told us students, and I've shared it with Pastor Gene before, he said, I believe, I think it was before the healing revival. He did talk about at the end of World War II, there'll come a move of God and it'll be a healing revival. And then he would talk to us out of Hosea. 
And he said that the third day God will raise us up. And he will revive. He said, why would there need to be a healing revival? He said, anytime something has been introduced and begins to wane or die out, it needs reviving. That's the definition of revival. So in the body of Christ, there was a great lacking for healing. The, the body of Christ had got to a place where it was totally dependent on if it was God's will, God will heal you. If not, then it was God's will. And so, you know, during the healing revival, those ones that we've read about that were a part of that, they, they said it was one of the most easiest things to get people healed. Well, God did that for the, his family because there was a lack of teaching. Then after that, they come into what we call the charismatic renewal, and there was such teaching. But how many of you know, then after that, everybody wanted to just teach. So it's time for some manifestations and demonstrations again. Amen. Glory to God. So you help me by, by like you always do, believe with me that the Holy Ghost will help us and uh, we'll get to where we need to get to tonight. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, like for if you would, please open them up to Nahum 1.9. And uh, how many of y'all have ever heard of, of the minister in Houston, Texas, the Oasis of Love, uh, their brother John and Dodie Olstein? Brother John has moved to heaven several years back. But uh, Miss Doty, when she, uh, she co-pastored with Brother John, and then she was diagnosed with cancer. And if you've ever read her book about affliction shall not rise the second time, she said that she had been healed of cancer, and then it tried to come back. And out of that, she wrote that little mini book from Nahum 1.9, Affliction Shall Not Rise the Second Time. And uh, God taught her how, how to keep it from coming back. Now, when we get ready to read these scriptures tonight, how many of you know that anything God does, he'll do it right? So if God ever healed you, delivered you, or set you free, how many of you know the ability to walk in that for the rest of your life is there? But how many know there is someone here that is out to steal, kill, and destroy and try to bring it back. My wife wasn't real sure why she had to teach that lesson last night. If you were here, how many of you know it was a good one? Amen. About sin and things and being tempted is not sin, but yielding to the temptation is. And in that, Brother Hagen told us students, he said in the early days, in the, the churches, there was hardly any sickness, not to the degree that there is today. And he said, one of the things I believe we can contribute it to is holy living and a lack of it. And so, as we go into these things, the reason God had my wife teach that lesson, how many know the miraculous things we're going to see the healings that will happen. How many of you know, we don't want you back up here in the line four weeks with the same thing again once you get it. How many know, you got to be aware how this stuff comes and how it'll try to come back. But how many know, we're not going to let it come back. Amen? All right. So Nahum 1.9, and we're just going to read the tail end of the verse. I'll pray and we'll get right to it. 
Father, tonight, we love and thank you and praise you tonight. We thank you for the precious word of God. We thank you, sir, that we are not left to ourselves or what I would know it would be so small. It would be so one-sided. So we call upon him who was given the teacher, which was not calamity and not trouble. But Jesus said he would leave us another comforter. And one of the things he said about the third person of the Trinity is he will reveal and he will teach. So the teacher to the church is never sickness and disease and calamity and accidents, but it is the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost tonight, sir, we know you in the new birth. We know you in the infilling. We know you in the leadings. We know you in the gifts. But tonight, sir, we ask you, let us see things from even many Bible verses that we've read over and over and over. Let us see it in a way we've never saw it before. And Father, we give you all praise, all glory, and all honor for it. In the mighty, majestic name of Jesus, we thank you. And everyone agrees, said amen, please. In Nahum 1.9, it says, He will make another end, I'm at the tail end of the verse, affliction shall not what? Tell somebody, affliction should not come back. Affliction here can mean infirmity, but it can also mean other things, weaknesses and things along that line. Should anything come back that you've been delivered from? So, in this affliction shall not rise the second time, there has to be some reasons that we ought to be able to find why they did come back or why they even came. One of the things we'll look at tonight is sometimes people have questioned about like a child born with a, a major thing or a, a disease or a deformity. And, and people says, I don't understand how a loving God could ever allow that to happen. But how many know the Bible will answer things for us? I said the Bible will answer things for us. How many know God himself would never commission something like that? But you and I should have the revelation as people of God. God ain't running the world. He's running the church. Yes. Lucifer has control of the system. And his mission is to kill, distort, destroy, and hurt everything here and tear up the planet, tear up humanity, tear up the regulations that God set with Adam and Eve. But I mean, no, when Adam sold out, Lucifer became the God of this world system. So tell somebody, God ain't running the world. He's running the church. So the system out there that we live in, that's why once we got saved, we don't operate out there in the system out there. We are of another system. We are of the kingdom of God. So as we look through all of these things tonight, now... <clears throat> I would encourage you, if there's people here tonight, that would be wonderful. But uh, if not, I would encourage you to bring people that have paralysis and are crippled to the next service. Glory to God, because he's talked to me about some things. It's time to see. It's one thing to preach about all this. It's something else to see it. How about we start seeing more of it? In greater measures. I believe we got a group that's hungry for it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We straightened up on some stuff after last night's message. Amen. 
five of you. We've straightened up on some stuff. Amen? Hallelujah. Messages like that ain't intended to hurt nobody. They'll save your life if you'll pay attention. Amen. So here in Nahum 1.9, should anything of the enemy or of affliction, should it rise the second time? Tell somebody, I'm done with it coming back. And it ain't going to come back. I'm getting help. I'm getting instruction. I'm getting information. Glory to God. Now go to John, John chapter 9, please. John chapter 9, Miskendere Escalate. We were recently in, in one of our churches in Texas. Y'all were there. There was a man, wasn't a part of, of our church, but he's a part of the body of Christ that come. And uh, he, he came with some folks we knew. And uh, he come up one night. He saw how God was moving different things, and he was hesitant. They sat for a night or two, but then one night they come up, and uh, he said, I've got cancer of the stomach, and the Spirit of God ministered to him, went back to the doctor, and we left, and then we got a message from him, and he says, just wanted to let you know every bit of the cancer is gone. Well, how many of you know what about crippling things? What about deafness? What about blindness? I mean, instantaneous stuff or miraculous workings. There can be healings that'll be over a process. And maybe Saturday night we'll get into that. But how many know, glory to God, it's time. It's time. Amen. But we can't be living on the fringes. Amen. If we're going to be for God, let's go for God. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, John chapter 9. John chapter 9, we'll start here. Uh, can you all pull that up? I didn't ask. John 9, verse 1 through 3 in the Message Bible, please. John chapter 9, verse 1 through 3 in the Message. It says, walking down the street, Jesus saw a man blind from where? Is the man, was the man born blind? Disciples are going to ask a question. Jesus does not tell us why the man was born blind, but he only answers the question of the disciples. Walking down the street, Jesus saw a man blind from his birth. Everybody say, from his birth, please. His disciples asked, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, causing him to be born blind? Jesus said, what? You're looking for someone to blame. There's no such cause effect here. Look instead for what God can do. Now, can you pull that up in the King James, please? John 9, verse 1 through 3. Jesus passed by, saw a man which was blind from his birth. His disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin this man or his parents that he was born blind? Jesus answered, what? Y'all read it loud. Neither has this man sinned, nor but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I had a guy tell me one time, he said, see there, God made that man blind so he could heal him. I said, in the, and even in our nation, with people that ain't even Christians, make laws that'll put parents like that in jail. You know, break your kid's arm so that you can take him to the hospital. How I many know our Father God won't do stuff like that? 
So that's why I wanted you to see it in the message. Now, I have a question for you. When the disciples said, how come him to be born blind? Many times people say, how come such bad things happen to good people? There's several reasons. But I want to just address something about a child. Because sometimes there's questions. People say, well, no, how could a loving God ever let a baby who is completely innocent be born crippled or be born deformed? How many of you know God wouldn't do that? I said God wouldn't do that. If he was running the earth, it would look like heaven. But when he gave us the Lord's Prayer, he said, the way things are operating in heaven, I wish or will that to operate on earth, meaning it ain't. But he said, if I can get believers to rise up in their part of the world or what they affect, at least that group around them can see what heaven looks like. So he says here, he said to the disciples, he didn't sin, nor his parents didn't sin. Jesus didn't tell us why, he only answered their question. Is that correct? Now, if you would, go to Romans 5, 12. I know these, these scriptures you know. Romans 5, 12 in the King James, please. He says, wherefore, as by one man... Sin entered into the world, and what? Death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for what? Who is he talking about? Paul. Adam, right? Is that right? By how many men? How'd sin and death and sickness and disease get here? Who? This is when Lucifer got control of the planet. The system. Is that right? Is God running the earth? No. The earth belongs to God. But he's not running it. He's running the church. And he wants the church to begin to show on earth what heaven looks like. So we know then through Adam, sin got here. Jesus did not tell that, but that question wasn't asked. The question was asked, who sinned? The baby or the parents? Jesus said neither one. But through the fall of Adam, the enemy did this because he hates humanity because we're the only group on planet earth that is made in the image and likeness of God. We are the only ones on this planet that communicate with God Almighty because we are the only ones here with the Spirit. I know you think your little foo-foo can talk to you. Your dog will have a soul, but it does not have an eternal spirit. You and I are the only ones made with a spirit. So, why was this baby, this child, why was he born blind? Because the parents were bad. No. And we'll get into some other stuff in a minute. But why was the child born this way? Because Adam, through the fall. Correct? Correct? Had the child ever done anything? It's a, he was born blind. Had the child ever sinned? No. We know about the age of accountability and stuff. And if a child dies uh, 
early before they reach that age. How many know they're alive unto God? They'll go. But when you teach and train them at the age of accountability and they make a decision to accept Jesus, how many know they're going to go on to heaven? Amen. Amen. So we know these things. But these things have to be answered. God wouldn't hurt a child no more than he'd hurt you. Devil would love to hurt you and blame God or get you to blame God. Now go to the next one, please. Go, if you would, please, to Mark chapter 7. And let's look at about verse 25 through 30 in the Amplified. Mark chapter 7, verse 25 through 30. Thank you, Lord. Mark 7, 25 through 30. I'll, I'll read the King James and then we'll read the Amplified. He says here, For a certain woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard of him and came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by nation. She besought him that he would cast forth the devil out of her daughter. But Jesus said unto her, Let the children first be filled, for it is not meet to take the children's bread, cast it unto dogs. And she answered and said unto him, You're right. Yeah, she did. She did. She said, you're right. <laughs> the reason I'm pausing is because you struggle with that. You, in this system, in the socialism that's trying to come means everybody ought to be equal. You, in understanding that, if you live like a heathen and you refuse to walk after God, the rights and privileges that belongs to a Christian do not belong to you. The health, the victory, the prosperity will not come to you. And you think you ought to have it because others walk in it. It won't. It is available to you. But if you don't want to walk in it, because you want to live crazy, it ain't there. This lady knew it. Well, I'll just go to church and heal, get healed, but I'm going to keep living the way I want to. Folks, there's people that think that. <laughs> Let me come over here and try. We watched, we was recently in Sierra Vista and they come down and we went down right south uh, of the town to Miracle Valley and we saw where Brother A.A. A. Allen was and his headquarters and that building and stuff he built still there. And when we were at Bible school, they showed us the, the uh, video of Brother A.A. A. Allen and of course, if you ever heard of R.W. Shambach before he moved to heaven, he was the music leader for Brother A.A. A. Allen in his tent. And uh, we watched this video. Brother A. A. Allen picked up, they called him the monkey boy for the fact of you could take his legs. He carried him and he'd take his leg and he'd wind it up like a top. He was born without any muscles in either leg. I'm sorry, without, what did I say? Oh, without any bone. Thank you guys. 
without any bones in his legs so he could just twist them. And he walked and carried him and held him for a while and just thanked God. And then after a little bit, he put him down and the baby started walking. But then there was a similar case to it and a, a lady brought this child and needed some things and he said, where is the child's parents? And she said, they won't come. He said, God won't do nothing for this baby if the parents won't come. And we're going to read this stuff to you. Now this is, what we're teaching you is how you get limbs to grow out. Get ears to open up. There's a reverence, there's a respect for holiness. There's a reverence for the anointing of God. Hallelujah. People don't come in with hats. and Now, now ladies, listen, I, I understand if you wear hats. Amen. But I'm just talking about being disrespectful. But there's a reverence. Like, like when we come in, y'all stood up. How many know God appreciates that? You're not worshiping up. You're respecting his office. Are you with me? Now that's all that's about. So he said, where's the child's parents? Well, they're not here. He said, you go get them. And they come back. And then he talked to him, and then that child was healed. So Jesus said to her, can you back up one verse? Jesus said unto her, let the children, everybody say Jews. Jews. Let the children first be filled, for it is not meet to take the children's what? What, did he, what is this lady's wanting? Healing. What did Jesus call it? bread. David wrote and he said I was young, now I'm old. I've never seen what? Or see begging for healing. Jesus said let the children first be filled for it is not meat to take children's bread and cast it unto who? Dogs. Next verse again. And she answered and said what? Yes Lord. Now, I'm going to tell you something. The reason Jesus said this, not he is not mean to people, he's not cruel, but he is, he is honest. The way this lady lived, something had to transpire for her little girl to be touched by a demon. She had to have some kind of stuff going on in her home that would invite a spirit to touch her child. And Jesus pegged it. And she said, yes, sir, you're right. She didn't try to blame shift. She didn't try to make excuses. She said, yes, sir, you're right. I ain't been doing right. I haven't been living right, but what about my kid? We're going to see miracles. She answered and said, yes. Yet, let, let, yet the dogs, I tell you what revelation this lady had. Yet the dogs. How many of you would appreciate if I got up in your face and said, you're a dog? <laughs> We'd probably be the last time we'd see you. 
But if I'm needing something from God and I know I ain't been doing right and God lines me out, I'm going to be like, thank you, God, for that message last night. Thank you, God, for Pastor Gene getting up in my face. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Because now I'm going to get it fixed and I know victory is headed my way. I ain't going to stick my lip out and be all pouty. Amen. Yet the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. And he said unto her, since you acknowledged it, go thy way. The devil has gone out of your daughter. And she's the one that invited the devil into her home. She had to. She's the authority figure. When parents fight and fuss and do all of this stuff. Brother Lester Summerall was one of the greatest I ever known, knew of that had revelation of what spirits did and how they maneuvered. Remember that time he's in a motel room in a bed and devil come in himself, pushed his bed across the table, woke him up. Uh, across the room, not the table, across the floor, and it woke him up. And he said, he looked, he said, oh, it's just you, devil. He said, I command you in Jesus' name, get out. And he left, and he said, no, come back here. Put my bed back. He stayed in it, and he pushed it back across the floor. He said, if people only knew when there is strife and confusion, fighting, fussing in their home, they swing the door wide, according to James. He says, where there is strife and confusion, you invite every evil work into your home. James. You invite poverty to come in. You invite sickness to come in. You invite division to come in. You invite it. This mama must have done that. Jesus knew, I can get the devil out. But he said, it's going to come right back and the girl will be seven times worse if we don't address the, the way he's coming in. Now, let's look at these verses in the Amplified. Glory. Hallelujah. Uh, verse uh, 25 through 30 in the Amplified. Instead at once, a woman whose little daughter had was under the control of what? Heard about him, came, flung herself down at his feet. I like her approach. She didn't come haughty. She didn't come thinking she, something was owed to her. She basically threw herself on the mercy of the court. The woman was a Greek. Sally and I have been with people before and they almost demand us pray for them. Like we're the ones that did all the stupid stuff to get everything into their lives and homes and almost demanded. And most of them will leave the same way they come. You can't demand stuff of God. But when you will respect Him and reverence him. Now God likes it when you know who you are in Christ. And the devil tries to rob from you. And you get up in the devil's face. And you tell him, uh-uh, not today Satan. You get out of here. God likes that. That you know who you are in him. The woman was a Greek, Gentile, Syrophoenician by nationality. She kept begging him to drive the demon out of her little daughter. Next verse. Next verse. Yeah. 
But she answered him, Yes, Lord. Yet even the small pups under the table eat the little children's scraps of food. And he said to her, Because of this saying, you may go your way. The demon has gone out of your daughter. How? The way it got in was took care of. She went home, found the child thrown on the couch, and the demon departed. Amen. How did this happen to the little girl? How did a demon have access to a child? By her mom, correct? Go now, if you would, to Mark chapter 9, please. And let's look at uh, verse 18 through 26. We'll read this out of the King James, then we're going to pick out some verses for different translations. Mark 9, 18 through 26 in the King James. And whether, well, let's start in verse 17. And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. And whithersoever he taketh him, he teareth him, and foameth, and gnasheth with his teeth, pineth away. And I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out. And they could not. Everybody say they could not. Now does the name of Jesus work? In heaven, on earth, and beneath the earth. It says so, don't it? So if something seems like it's not working when you use the name of Jesus, it can't be a fault in the name of Jesus. It can't be a fault in the authority that's been given to us through Jesus Christ. But they could not. Now verse 19. He answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. They brought him unto him, and when he saw him, straightway the spirit tear him. He fell on the ground, wallowed foaming, the boy did. And he asked his father, how long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said, of a child. Everybody say, of a child. He was not born with this. Often it cast him in the fire and the waters destroy him, but if thou can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou my what? Unbelief. When Jesus saw the people running, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb, deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him and enter no more into him. Now, Let's look at this in just a couple other translations. Look at verse 20 and 21 in the, the Passion Translation, please. Mark 9, 20 and 21, Passion says this. So they brought him to Jesus. As soon as the demon saw him, it threw the boy into convulsions. Correct? He fell to the ground, rolling around, foaming at the mouth. What Jesus do? Most Christians would immediately start screaming and hollering, I command you in Jesus' name, stop it, and would have got the exact same results his disciples did. The boy's on the ground, and he's having a seizure. Jesus, standing there by his dad, the boy, I guess, was with his father. When the demon in the boy saw Jesus coming, he falls, starts having a seizure. Jesus turns to the dad and he says, uh, 
how long has this been going on? And the boy is having a seizure. And most people won't diagnose this stuff or look at it by the help of the Holy Ghost. Jesus knew had he addressed that seizure, he would have got the exact same results that his disciples did even being Jesus. He's looking for something to change so that he can get the boy free. There's something that is holding or allowing that spirit to stay. It's not because the name of Jesus doesn't work, but the dad carries authority and has to believe. So Jesus turned to the father. How long has it been since your son been tormented like this? He said since childhood. Next verse. Well, let me read to you if I may. Can we look at verse 22 through 24 in the the Passion 2, please? Jesus, when he asked the dad, he said since childhood. Then verse 22 It tries over and over to kill him by throwing him into fire or water. But please, listen. This is how so many Christians pray. But please, please, if you're able to do something, anything, have compassion on us and just help us. Jesus said to the dad. What did he say? What do you mean if? If I can, please, just something, help. He said it's not a question if I can. But he said the answer is can I move you? And understanding your position as a parent, and move you in your believing. Parents will live crazy. And then something happens to their kids and they want to bring them to the pastor and get the pastor to fix their stupidity that's magnified now in their child. And will get mad at the minister Because they can't fix their kid. But have no clue of authority. The pastor didn't set the situation up where the devil got a hold of your kids. You did. Folks, this needs to be taught. Especially now. Kids running rampant. You can't even whoop a kid in school. And then parents will challenge somebody that acts like they're going to whoop them. Don't you touch my brat. I'm preaching really good right now. If you want to raise your kid in the world, then don't expect the church to be able to correct them by you acting so silly and stupid and oblivious to the kingdom of God. God gives you rules on how to raise a child in the book of Proverbs. He said, hell will try to take your child, but the rod of correction... Well, drive it far from him. 
Beat the hell out of them. That's my translation. But I appreciate y'all standing. You don't hit them in the face. You don't hit them in the back. You whip them where they sit. And you can make her red too. Amen. <laughs> I hope this is okay, y'all. <clears throat> Jesus said it's not a question. If I can, Dad. Jesus said, can I move you in your understanding of authority and your believing? Jesus said, what do you mean if? If you are able to believe, all things are possible to the believer. Next verse. When the dad heard this, the boy's father cried with tears. What? Why is he crying with tears? Because all of a sudden he realized it's not up to Jesus. It's up to me. Because I'm dealing with a minor. If authority means that much to God, you should be able to see why believers and ministers with an anointing cannot override certain things that you allow. A lady that had a demon one time and was losing her mind told Brother Hagin, Brother Hagin was going to minister to her and the Lord said, don't. He says, she wants to hear those voices. So he asked her and he said, uh, do you want to hear the voices? She said, yeah. And then the spirit spoke up through the lady and said, you can't cast me out. And most believers would be like, oh, yes, I can. I got the name of Jesus. You don't understand authority. Amen. The woman wanted it there. Therefore, the name of Jesus cannot override the authority of the woman. Yes. God don't force folk. He invites people. Why did the dad say with tears? What did he say? I do believe, Lord. What? Can you pull that verse up 24 in the King James? He said, Jesus, I do believe. Help thou my what? Unbelief. Did the dad believe some? Absolutely, he sure did. He dealt with that boy every day. He lived with that boy. That was his son. And he had saw his boy walking by creeks before. And all of a sudden on the creek bank, the boy just tightened up. See, when I was a child, I used to have seizures. And I'd try to swallow my tongue and stuff and different things. And it leaves you so sore and hurt. I got boogered up by a cow one time. And it supposedly started these things and different things when I was a little guy. But it hurts. And, and you, if you swallow your tongue, you're done for. And Randy, my little brother, said, Daddy had to grab my tongue one time when I went into one and pull it back out. And I used to stutter. Really? Yes, ma'am. I did. I sure did. But I found out the Bible says that he'll make your tongue like the pen of a ready writer. But see, when the daddy said he was walking with his boy and if he was by a creek and all of a sudden that spirit would tighten that boy up and he just 
tighten up and you can't control it. And he would fall and he'd fall in the water. Can you imagine the boy in such a fit that he's under the water and can't even get up? Said he tried to drown him. I'm sure he had some scars on him from the fires. Be standing by a campfire or cooking, tighten up, fall face forward into a flame. Your dad's got to grab him, drag him out, put the fire out. He dealt with this. My heart goes out to parents that have children they have to deal with with stuff like this. But listen, it don't have to stay that way. Your child can go free. Just like you can. Oh, Jesus. Straight away, the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I do believe. But I, I just, I can't see my child completely going free. I do believe some. But folks, the thing of it is, the dad finally identified where he was. It wasn't a facade. It wasn't fake. Like, oh, God can do anything. He realized, I struggle seeing my boy go free. But at least he identified where he was. And there are help to get you. It's called the prayer of agreement and other things where people can come alongside and get in there with you and assist and help you. The very first one we looked at, did those parents or that child sin? No. But have... Is there some we've read about, did they sin? Go to John 5, please. Go to John 5. Let's look at verse 3 in the Passion, if you would. John 5, 3 in the Passion. It says in the Passion, hundreds of sick people were laying there. Remember, these are under the five porches at the pool of Bethesda. Hundreds of sick people were laying there on the porches. The who? Now, the paralyzed, Saturday night, we're going to get into it, but if, if, you, if you even have people, if you can get them here on stretchers or whatever, if they're paralyzed, if they're crippled, if something in the paralysis has caused parts of their body to, to quit moving, this is what this refers to. This is where we are. You say, well, Brother Ricky, what if God don't show up? Then they'll roll them right back out. I can't help him, but I, I believe God wants to. He just needs people that will just be bold enough to start taking him at his word. But have a group and a congregation that ain't afraid to let the presence of God roll in in such a way that people do get raised up. Hundreds of sick people were laying there on the porches, the paralyzed, the blind, the crippled, and all of them waiting for their healing. And then, if you would, drop down to uh, verse 5 in the Passion. We'll read from 5 to 8. And among the many sick people laying there was a man who had been disabled for how long? 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there, he knew the man had been crippled for a long time. Jesus said to him, Do you truly long to be well? And the sick man answered. He didn't answer yes or no. He said, Sir... There's no way I can get healed. For I have no one to lower me into the water when the angel comes. Remember, and he would trouble the water. As soon as I try to do what? Crawl. He can't walk. Crawl to the edge of the pool. 
Someone else jumps in ahead of me. Jesus said to him, stand up, pick up your sleeping mat, and you will walk. If there's anybody in this meeting tonight, you have trouble in your feet and your ankles, stand up, please. Feet and ankles, especially if you're crippled. It could be in your legs, but in your feet and ankles. Begin to move your feet, not to see if you are better, but give the power of God a place to work. Anybody else that's crippled, begin to, if you desire to walk, just take off down the aisle, walk. You're not walking to see if you are healed. You are healed. The power, give God, give the power of God a place to manifest as you walk. If you want to walk, do something you haven't been able to do. The more I walk, the better I walk. The, better, the more I walk, the better I walk. The more I walk, the better I walk. Glory to God. Glory to God. You're welcome to come right down through here, please. Come right on. Y'all come this way. The anointing's real strong down there. Just come right down this way. Glory to God. Glory to God. Blessed be God forever. Blessed be God forever. Blessed be God forever. If there's somebody in here, um, and we'll go into it more Saturday night, but if you've had uh, paralysis, uh, it can come different ways. It can come by stroke, uh, but it paralyzes part. It can paralyze the left side of your tongue, your left arm. Hallelujah. Honey, will you walk with her? Glory. My wife's going to walk with you. Hallelujah. That anointing upon her. If there's somebody in here that's lost mobility, some, in your, it could be your left side, it could be your left leg, it could be your right side. Would you please stand? Hallelujah. If there is anyone in the building. Brother Jim, thank you, sir. Right off, sir. And if you need that, go with it. And the more you walk, the better you walk. Glory to God. Glory to God. <sighs> the glory is in here. The glory. Thank you, Lord. Top left side of someone's heart. I don't, I don't know. I, the Lord had me study pictures of the human body in them encyclopedias where they got clear pages and you can... Fold different one. It shows more of the organs. Top left side, I believe there's a, there's a, who knows? Is there a major artery or valve on the left side, top left? Someone has had some blood flow restriction. Whoever that is, please stand up. You say, well, I don't know who that might be. I don't either. Thank you, honey. Ma'am, how you doing? Amen. Brother Jim just pushed his walker to the side and took off. Yeah, yeah. Now, now don't clap. Don't clap. Don't clap. We're not applauding God. Let's raise our hands and thank you. Thank you, Father. Glory. 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 Bless your name, Father. Bless your name, Father. Lord, visit us in a strong way. 
we thank you, we acknowledge you. Glory to God. Is there anyone with their heart, blood flow restricted, left side of your heart in this building? Hallelujah. And I know people can be watching byline or on that, the, on, yeah, it is live. No, no, we're not. We, if you see it later, it can still work there too. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now, look at, uh, where was we at? Verse 8. Stand up, pick up your sleeping mat, and you will walk. And he did. Is that correct? Do you remember what Jesus told him in verse 14? He found him later in the temple. What did he tell him? Thank you. I wonder what brought this paralyzation to him. Paralysis. Must have been sin. Not with the blind guy in John 9. Right? He, wasn't, he was born blind. He didn't sin. His parents didn't sin. But this guy, undoubtedly, there had been sin. Is that correct? You were healed. Walk away from your sin so that nothing worse will happen to you. That's what Jesus said to him. Is the man healed? Absolutely. You know holding grudges is sin? Not walking in love towards your brother or sister? Right? Now go to Mark 5. Mark 5. Look at uh, about verse 34. Mark 5, 34 in the Amplified. You remember the woman with the issue of blood. She's bleeding, correct? It's interesting here, and I know you know it, but we'll look at it again tonight. Jesus said unto her after she touched the hem of Jesus' garment, He said, Daughter, your faith, your trust, confidence in me, springing from faith in God, has what? Restored you to hell. Restored you to hell. Now what did he say? Go in and, and then two. Go in and in two. Go in and in two. This is different. Go in peace, but go into peace or learn how to live in peace. Undoubtedly, this, the way the bleeding thing got started was she was contentious. Because he said go in and go into peace and then be continually healed. If she'd have went back into being contentious or quarrelsome, even though she's already healed, undoubtedly she would not have stayed healed. Affliction should not come back the second time. My wife and I are going to lay hands on everybody that desires it tonight. If there's anything 
going on in your body that does not need to be there. Pain, trouble. If you're deaf, I know you probably can't hear me. But somebody tell them, if you want to go get in a prayer line, bring them up here, okay? I don't mean to be mean about it, amen? But, but are you following me? So, what was that second song y'all sang? Can y'all come back and start singing that? Glory. Blessed be God forever. Blessed be God forever. The power of God is present. Honey, when you, if you'll come. <laughs>